I got quiet. It's good to see everybody here this morning. We have visitors. The Smithbauer family is from Morgantown, and they're not Marshall fans. They're WVU graduates, I understand. But it's good to have them here this morning. They're in the area visiting his brother that has just moved here and should be here shortly, but... Next month, Sunday, everything's normal. 9.30 class, 10.30 worship service, mask if you want to. If you haven't had your shot, you're at risk more than those that have had their full vaccination, so... Anyway, it's good. It's kind of funny not having a mask on or carrying it up here and having it laying out, but CDC says we're good. Have some announcements before we begin. Chris and Kelly are out of town this weekend. David will be speaking today. <clears throat> Next Sunday, we'll resume our morning Bible classes and everything is normal. June the 15th, Young at Heart will return to their Early morning devotional followed by lunch. High school graduates. I think we only have one left to graduate. Is that correct? Everybody else graduated except Jackson. His is at 2 o'clock this afternoon. So, good. It's been a good fast week, weekend. Family in for graduations. It's good. It's good. Kevin Harvey, if you haven't heard, broke his arm, got stuck in a machine at work. He's been discharged. Yvonne Cornell, what'd you tell me, Gail? She's still in St. Mary's. Okay. Dottie is at home. Vicki Chapman that works for Mary works with Mary and I at Chesapeake. She had COVID pretty bad last week. She's improved. She's now home as of Friday. Thank you for your prayers. Also, prayers have been requested for Mark and Geneva Pemberton and their daughter. They all have COVID. Wayne's improving, doing a lot better. Thank you for the prayers on that. Continue prayers for Chris and Rusty, Carol, Donna Henning, Trey Davis, Eugene Stover, and many others that are mentioned on our prayer list. Take a moment this week and check on shut-ins and others that have not seen in so long. Remember those that are traveling in your prayers. I have a note from Robert Benjamin Parker. I didn't know who that was until I opened it up and then I see Ben. I thought, oh, that's right. I didn't realize it was Robert Benjamin. Thank you so much for all that you've done for me, this senior 
recognition and study Bible were such nice gifts. And they meant and they meant a lot, Ben. That's good. Anybody else have any announcements? If you would like, I'd like to read Romans eight thirty seven. Through 39, if you'd like to follow along. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come nor height, nor death, nor any other creature thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we're thankful for this beautiful day of life you've given us for yesterday's rain and, and for giving us life and for this day of life that we can come at this time to worship you in songs and hymns and hear another lesson from your word. We're thankful, Father, for the young people that have graduated from high school this past week and today, that you bless them in their endeavors, that they go on to become followers of you and, and pray that they look to you throughout their life and that they have a long life. We're thankful for those that have graduated from college and and bless them. And as they enter a different step also, give them strength and courage to follow you also. We ask your blessings on our sick and our shut-ins. Be with David this morning as he presents us with a lesson. Be with Chris and his family as he is visiting loved ones this weekend. Bless them in their travels. Bless those that are traveling to visit family and friends this weekend. Watch over them and pray that they all have safe passage home. Go with us through this service, Father. We pray that the things we do will be in accordance with your will and pleasing unto you. We ask your blessings on our sick and our shut-ins and be with those that have lost loved ones. Forgive us in thy son's name we pray and amen. Would you stand for the first song, please? First hymn this morning, number 544, 544, Redeemed. <clears throat> Redeemed how I love to proclaim. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His death on earth. His power forever I am. Redeemed. Redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, 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 his time forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in peace, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his breath, with Next hymn this morning, number 301. 
number 301. I will sing the wonder story. We'll sing the first three verses, and then Dwight, uh, Brother Dwight Dunford will have our scripture reading and prayer. I will sing the wonder story of the Christ who died for me. How he had his holy glory for the cross of Calvary. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. The scripture reading this morning is 1 Corinthians 12, 13. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Will you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for this day that, that we can gather together and worship you in truth and spirit. We're thankful for each and every one that's here that has made the effort to be here and to honor your name and give you the praise and the glory. We ask you, Lord, to be with those that are traveling at this time. We ask for traveling mercies on each and every one that is, has traveled here and is traveling throughout. We pray, Lord, that you be with us in our service, that everything we say and do is in accordance with your, your word and your will. We pray for those that are, are sick at this time that have been mentioned, and we think of Kevin Harvey as he's healing, and the lady with the COVID and her family. We pray, pray for them, Lord, that you help them to recover and heal. We ask your blessings upon each and every one that has graduated as, as they make their way into a new path of life. We, we pray that you go with them and that they always take you with them, God, and give you the glory. Be with us today and, and be with David as he delivers the message. And we pray, Lord, that, that you go with us after this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Next hymn this morning, number 217. Number 217, He Loves Me. <clears throat> 
Why did the Savior heavenly and come to earth below? When in His grace would not receive, because He loves thee so. He loves thee, He loves thee, He loves thee, this I know. He gave Himself to die for me, because He loves thee so. Why did the Savior part away, and why did creation know? Why teach and look and feed and pray, because He loves me so? He loves me, He loves me, He loves me, this I know. He I've had the opportunity on a couple of occasions to travel to Israel, to Egypt, to Greece, and especially in Israel, if you are taken somewhere by a guide, they will say, this might be the place or this could be the place. But there are places where we know that, that uh, are true. The place that the guide took us first was to the upper room, the place where uh, Christ and his apostles had what's called as the Last Supper. There, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, and uh, that's one of the reasons why we are here this morning. There are places in, in Israel that uh, you can say this is where it, so-and-so actually happened. There's the uh, Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea. These are all places that you can visit there. The place that I... Uh, was at that I... I thought about a lot was the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane is just a short distance down from the uh, upper room. I know that because I walked it. And when you're on, on the Garden of Gethsemane and realize that it was there that Jesus prayed to God that the death might not be his but he said not my will but thine be done. He prayed in the garden three times that the, if it were God's will, that the cup be taken away from him, that he wouldn't have to die for the sins of the world. But it was God's will, and he, obe he was an obedient son, and so he, he went to the cross and died for each one of us that we might have a long life 
in eternity. Let's uh, now go to God in prayer and thanks for the bread at this time. Father, we thank thee that you cared enough to send Jesus to die for us. We thank Jesus because he cared enough to, to go in our place. We ask thee now to bless this bread, bless it for its intended use, and bless us always to thy service, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let us give thanks for the fruit of the vine. Father, we thank thee for Jesus, for the blood that he shed for our benefit. We pray that we will always look to him with thankfulness in our hearts for what he has done for us. We ask thee now to bless this fruit of the vine which represents his blood which was shed for all of us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We have not gotten to, to the point to where we can uh, use the servers to serve the through the vine and for to collect the plate, but the little yellow boxes in the back of the auditorium are for those who wish to give. We ask that you bow again with us. Father, thank you that you have been so good to us, have given us the things that we need in this life to live. We pray, Father, that you will bless the contribution this morning that was given and go with us as we uh, every day try to be obedient to your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all please stand as we sing hymn number 527, 527, Paradise Valley. <clears throat> at, these, at this time, the young children may go to the children's Bible hour. As we travel through life with this trouble and strife, I'm a glorious hope who can cheer on the way to my war will be your, and I'll rest on that shore when the mind has been turned into day. Up in the beautiful Wonderful valley will be free. 
Invitation to him this morning, number 587, 587, soul, a savior, thou art needed. This time, Brother uh, Dave. <clears throat> Good morning, church family. Hope everybody's doing all right. Have you ever been questioned regarding baptism. Have you ever been questioned regarding baptism? Maybe you've been a lifelong Christian and someone's asked you about it. Or maybe you've never been baptized and or maybe you've been informed that your baptism was not biblical in some sort of way, maybe sprinkling as a baby or sprinkling as an adult. With that said, I would like to do my best to answer some of those questions to you, for you this morning about what does it mean to get baptized, and do I have to get baptized in order to go to heaven? Why do I have to be immersed? Now, looking at the big picture, let me put it this way. We are all sinners and we're all in need of the Savior. Our sin separates us from God, and there could be nothing that we could do to ever receive, to give that payment back for our sins. But God, we know, is a just to God. And the wages of sin is death in Romans 6, 23. But we know that God is a loving God, and knowing that we cannot make that payment... He decided to send his son to die on the cross for us. And we know that in Colossians chapter 2, 13 through 15. With that, with that said, we could do nothing in order to gain eternal life. But however, there is a gift that we can all accept individually. Your parents can't make that mind up for you. You have to make that mind up for yourself in order to receive that gift. And how do you accept that gift? Well, there's five basic things that you need to do. First thing you need to do is believe. You have to have faith. John 3.16, Hebrews 11.6, and Romans 10.10 all start with faith. It all starts with faith. If we didn't have faith, none of those other things would matter. Our confession would be a lie. Our baptism would just become a bath. To be honest with you, and what I believe is that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And that he really did die on the cross for my sins. And he did prove to me that he did raise from the dead and nothing could hold him back. But it doesn't end there. And James 2.19 says even the demons believed in these things. What I mean by that is that we need to have a response to our belief. And how do we do that? Second, we repent. The word repent in Greek 
means to change direction. Well, I find belief, it starts off in our head, and now we've moved to the heart where we, where, where we repent. It becomes more than just a mental agreement. It's saying that I am a sinner, and I want to make that change in my life. I'm tired of doing things my way, and I want to make a change, a change in direction. I want to repent to sit there and follow Jesus Christ in my life. When people ask the apostle Peter, what must I do in order to be saved? He said, repent and be baptized in Acts 2.38. Also in Acts 17.30 and 2 Peter 3.9 also emphasizes about repenting. So we have to have the mental understanding, belief in order to move from our heart to our head. Now God gives us this wisdom to express our newfound conviction. And third... Is confession. We must confess with our mouth. So we're starting to see a process here. We're starting to see that we, from our head we believe, from our heart we repent, and then from our mouth we confess. And it's not a confession of sins. It's a confession of saying that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It says in Romans 10, 9, chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, it says, We are to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. For it is with our mouth that we confess and we are saved. So obviously, confession plays an important role in our steps of salvation. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 32, If you confess before men, I will also confess before my Father in heaven. We are giving accountability. We are giving a public declaration of saying on whose side we are on. So the progression continues from our head, belief, from our heart to repentance, from our mouth, confession. Then we take this beautiful pledge to God, which takes over our entire body in baptism in the water. The Greek word for baptism is baptizo literally means immersion. So why did God choose immersion? We find that answer is that it unites us with Christ from his death and resurrection. He died for you. He was buried and he rose again. And we see that in our baptism. We are plunge beneath the water as a burial of sorts, and then we rise again. It's interesting that God chooses baptism to represent the death to life. Because when you think about it, when you are under, Jesus himself said in Mark sixteen fifteen, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. But whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. When people ask Peter what we must do in order to be saved, he said, Repent and be baptized for forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 6 4, it says, We are therefore buried in Christ through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Also in Acts twenty two sixteen, Apostle Paul is telling on how he was saved. And when he was walking down the road and he started to believe, and his instructions were in Acts twenty two sixteen, now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on his name. Then 1 Peter 3.21 reads, And the water symbolizes baptism, now which saves you. It is not the normal dirt, it is not the removal of dirt from your body, but it is the pledge of the good conscience towards God. I think you see the key here of baptism in this last passage. It is a process to become a bride of Christ. And the Bible talks a lot about being a bride of Christ, about 
Jesus being the bridegroom and we being the bride is an analogy of getting married, making that vow to God, making that pledge to God. And 1 Peter 3.21 says, baptism is our pledge towards God. And we, what, what we want to say to him is, that I want to give it all to him. I want to give it all to him. I want to be buried with him. I want to make that pledge to him. I want to give it all to you. So hopefully I haven't made it too confusing here. But you kind of see where the progression usually starts. It starts... In the heart decision of repentance, I'm sorry, the uh, consistent of belief, which is our faith, our heart decision, which is our repentance, the vocal confession, the uncompromising plunge into baptism. In that way, we receive the gift from God. We believe, we repent, we confess, and we're baptized. And lastly... The fifth step is obedience. God never calls us to make the decision and then go our separate ways. We are entered into a covenant with God. While he never walks out of that marriage, we are free to do so. We can either obey God or disobey God. That is your choice. But we cannot abandon that marriage and then expect to see the benefits of that relationship. And Mark 13, 13 says, And he who stands firm to the end shall be saved. Now, it would be silly for us to leave that step out. But why does it appear to be left out in the case of the thief on the cross? That's one question we get asked a lot as, as Christians. Why was not the thief on the cross baptized? Well, let me back up and say the New Testament is a new agreement God made with the old agreement of Israel. God called the covenant the Old Testament. And he opened the way for mankind with the new covenant. This new covenant doesn't begin until the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 15, 16, in Hebrews chapter 9, 15 through 16 says, For this reason Christ is a mediator of the new covenant. In the case of the covenant will, it also be necessary to prove the death of the one who made it because a will the covenant, the same word, is enforced only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it was still living. It is important for us to understand this because it means that the people of the gospel, <clears throat> in the, when we read the gospels, that it's not talking about Moses being saved, we wouldn't look to them on how to be saved in the Bible. We wouldn't look to them and show us how, how that process is done. So with that said, following Jesus' death and the resurrection, we see the process is always the same. A person would believe, they would repent, they would confess, and they would be baptized, and then they would be obedient to God and follow his message. These, these things were never intended to be separated from the Bible. It's always been that way. Until hundreds and hundreds of years ago, someone decided to change baptism into baptizing babies and sprinkling, sprinkling the process. So the last question I have, do I need immersion or is sprinkling enough? Well, first off, that's in God's hands. If he chooses to accept those who have been sprinkled because they never understood the concept of immersion, that is his 
That's his decision. It is not mine, it is not yours. But we know that God is a gracious God and a loving God who has a merciful heart. But it is not my decision and it's not your decision to make, to make that decision. But however, but however, what concerns me is this, is that you realize what the word immersion means. And you realize that God intended it to be as a burial in Romans 6, 4 of one's old self to new self. And you realize that for churches for hundreds of hundreds of years have been doing that the same way. Hundreds of years ago, someone said, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. Someone made that decision. Someone said, you know what, I'm going to try to do as least as I can to get by. Instead of saying, you know what, God, I'm going to do whatever I can. Whatever is possible to the extent that you have told me and, and commanded me to do. So to sum it up, the immersion part is, is that the word baptism means immersion. It's an act that symbolizes the death and the burial. It's the only way people were baptized in the Bible for hundreds and hundreds of years in Acts 8, chapter 8, verse 39, where it says they came up out of the water. It was also our way of pledging a whole new life and submitting our life to God. I pray and hope that you consider these things that we talked about this morning. Maybe this morning you have not been baptized. That's the only way to be saved. That's the reason why this morning I went through these steps, because maybe you're studying with somebody, or maybe you're not sure yourself. But we are more than happy to have that change in your life. Or maybe this morning you need prayers of the congregation. You're struggling at this time in your spiritual life. You need prayers of the congregation and the elders. We're more than happy to pray for you. Please come forward as we stand and sing.
Hope everybody has a good, safe um, week uh, coming up. And let's let's close this morning with hymn number 383. 383, just over in the glory land. <clears throat> Sing the first two verses, and then Brother Jeff Floyd. By the home prepared with the saints of God, over in the glory. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, thanking you for the lesson we received, and Lord, we pray that we will apply it to our lives. We pray, Lord, that you'll be with so many who are sick in this congregation, be with them, and bless them, and Lord, be with their families. Lord, at this time, we say a special prayer for the many graduates, and we pray, Lord, as they start a new journey, that you'll be with them, and Lord, that they'll always turn to you. We pray, Lord, thank you for this congregation, this family here and how um, how blessed we are Lord continue to be with us be, be, be with us throughout this week in Christ's blessed name we pray and amen <clears throat>